morning. <laughs> Wasn't that a good word from Sarah? Um, that's one of my favorite passages of scripture uh, ever, actually. And it must be something that God is doing uh, in the midst because he's had me share that uh, section of passage in scripture to about four other women in the last couple of months. Uh, so thank you, Sarah. Um, I love how it talks about um, shouting. It's, it's kind of like an exhortation. It's kind of like, come on, girl, shout, sing. God has taken away your judgments. He's cast out your enemy. Don't let your hands go limp. Strengthen them. But then I also love how it sort of ends like a lullaby, you know? It says, the Lord will rejoice over you with gladness. He will delight over you with his love. And he rejoices over you with singing. Is that not the most beautiful thing that you could ever hear? That God does that for us? And so I love that. I love that whole passage of scripture and it's just so encouraging. And again, I just appreciate um, Sarah sharing that. Uh, it's a beautiful depiction of God's love for us. And speaking of love, we are walking through what we call the love series. So most of you might know that, but if not, if you, if you don't know it, that's what uh, we've been doing. And this week our topic is trust. So for any of you who have, may not have been here, I'll just um, encapsulate it super quick. Three weeks ago, Jody talked about first things first. And basically that talked about God and his love. Nothing in this whole universe is possible without his love, amen? Nothing, we wouldn't even be here without his love. He is the first and the last, he's the alpha and the omega, and everything starts with his love. Um, and it talks about how because he loved us unconsciously, Conditionally, because he foresaw the fact that mankind would not obey. We did our own thing. We sinned. We fell. But he provided a way. He provided his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who came and, and, and he died for us. He shed his blood for us so that we could have our sins forgiven and have eternal life. So that's the kind of love that God has for us. Nothing can separate us from it. Um, it's unconditional, it's immeasurable. Neither angels nor demons, present nor things to come, height nor depth can separate us from God's love. Is that beautiful? It's very, very encouraging for me. The second week, um, we talked about honor. And it was really cool because uh, Jody talked about this little hidden story about King David and how he showed uh, this unprecedented and amazing type of honor to one of Saul's children, the last of Saul's children. He was hiding out. He was young. Um, well, he probably wasn't young by that time, but he, he was young in the beginning and he was in hiding. And he also had two lame feet. So nobody looked at him with any kind of honor at that time. And King David said, I'm going to bring him out and I'm going to have him sit at my table for the rest of his life and he can eat with me and he can dine with me and he can be, be with us. Isn't that a beautiful way to honor someone? I hope that as Christians, as uh, Jesus followers, and as image bearers of Christ, that when we see someone that needs help, when we see the marginalized, when we see the outcast, that we would be the first to lend a helping hand, that we would be the first to buy them lunch, to buy them a cup of coffee, that we would be the first to say, God loves you. How can I help you? How can I pray for you? That's how God created us, you guys, is to, to love those 
who are marginalized, those who society has cast away. And that was a beautiful story that Jody talked to us about in terms of honor and as an example of honor for our lives. Last week, she talked about encouragement, and basically encouragement is putting courage into someone. It means telling them how much God loves them. It means encouraging them with the scriptures, encouraging them with, with praise um, that God would give them, talking to them about your favorite scripture, something that might tell them that God's got them. That's what we talked about. God's got our back. Amen? And again, that's how we should walk encouraging others. Whether it's people we know, whether it's people in our family, or whether it's the stranger at Walmart or someone in a restaurant, God calls us to look out for people and to encourage them because that may be the only Jesus they get for the day or even in their lives. So let's always remember to encourage others. So today, we are going to talk about trust. And I tell you, the word trust carries a lot of weight in the Bible, you guys. I did some research, and there's some discrepancies, but mostly, there's about two or three places that, it's, that it says that the word trust shows up 134 times in the Old Testament. That's a lot, isn't it? And then 52 times in the New Testament. So obviously, there's a lot to be said about the matter of trust, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to ask y'all a question. This is not meant to uh, expose anybody or, or make you feel bad, but you can raise your hand if you want, or you can just think about it. But the question I want to pose to you is, how many of you here today trust God? Okay, some of you are thinking about it. Got a few hands. Okay. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you're being honest, and that's, that's important. And it's not meant, this is not meant for us to look around and go, oh, they don't trust God. It's just, I just wanted to see a show of hands because we're in church, and a lot of people trust God in church, usually. Um, and it's just something, I want you to th be thinking about this. And so my second question would be, how many of y'all trust others? Again, you don't have to raise your hand, but it's something to think about. Do you trust other people? Oh, thanks for that hand back there. <laughs> You know, it takes a certain vulnerability to trust, whether it's with God or with people. We have to let our guard down. We want to know that we can be safe. We want to know that that person that we're with is going to cherish us no matter what, to see us through the good, the bad, and the ugly, and that they're still going to be for us. They're still going to see the best in us, and that they're going to stick with us, and that they're going to encourage us. And if we get one person like that in our lives, it's a gift, isn't it? And even if we don't have a physical person, I'm going to tell you today, God is that one person for you. So I'm going to tell you a little story before we get started about trust. Um, this is about my relationship with my husband. Um, this is before we got married. And when we met, uh, I got the privilege of getting to lead him to the Lord and then we got married six months later, and we've been married for 32 now, so woo, it's great. But when we met, you know, um, we were just friends, and, and then, like I said, he came to know the Lord, and then we really started dating, and I was just outgoing, carefree, joyful, go figure kind of gal, and very independent. And so one day, I thought, oh, I'm going to go to the beach. I did it all the time. After church, I'd go to San Francisco by myself a lot, and I'd get some clam chowder and read the word or just hang out alone and just really enjoy the day. And on this particular day, I think it was a weekend, 
I decided to go to the beach. Like I said, I lived in California, did it all the time. So I took my dog, took a drive to the beach, had a great day. And I was driving home, you know, after a really nice couple of hours on the sand, looking out at God's creation. And I see this truck just tearing up in front of me, coming my way. And it's just like frantically driving. And I realized it was Doug. And I'm thinking, what, what's happening? And so he passes me and I'm looking at him and he does a U-turn behind me, follows me and we, found, we find an outlet, maybe just you know, a couple hundred feet down the way because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what happened? Something terrible has happened. And uh, he got out of the truck. I did get his permission. I said, can I, can I tell everybody that you yelled at me? He goes, I didn't yell at you. I talked spiritedly to you. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll call it spiritedly. So he got out of the truck and he's like, what is wrong with you? What are you doing by yourself? You can get kidnapped. You can get killed. Someone can hurt you. What are you doing? Don't ever do that again. And I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I do this all the time. And, you know, so that was sort of our first, like, wow, we realized that we came from two different ways of thinking. We came from two different back backgrounds. I was raised in a very, um, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. I was raised in a very um, stable, very um, wonderful home, you know, with parents who both loved me and, and provided for me and my sister, and, and there was just a lot of affection. And I'm so thankful for that, because I know not everybody gets that. And Doug, on the other hand, um, he had an amazing mom, um, but unfortunately, the, the men in his life did not depict uh, that kind of love and nurturing and affection, and, and it happened over and over again in his life. So unfortunately, by the time he was a, a young man, he had no trust in men, let alone people. He just didn't trust people, and in fact, he didn't like people. <laughs> so go figure, God brought me, who loved everybody, trusted everybody, to, to be with this man who didn't like anybody, didn't trust anybody, but he had a plan. And uh, I remember after we got married, uh, I'd go on these work trips. I, I used to fly to Colorado just for some business. And, you know, I was still growing and I'd get to my hotel room, put my bags down and I'd take my client out to dinner. Great dinner. Come home, five, six messages, blinking, blinking, blinking. I'm like, oh shoot. Uh, you haven't called me. Where are you? You okay? Did you get there safe? And it took me literally like five or six trips, y'all, to my embarrassment to say, to realize, oh, I, yeah, I'm married now and I, I need to tell my husband where I am. You know, it was an area of maturity. I was not mature in that area. And so God was faithful to bring us to a healthy middle ground. You know, um, for the longest time, I, I, I laughed. For the longest time, I was kind of this gal walking around in Joshua 1.9 that says, be strong and be of good courage. Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord God you're with you is where with you wherever you go. And that's how I live my life. You know, I wasn't afraid of bad news. My heart was firm. I was trusting in the Lord. And Doug, on the other hand, he was camping out in Romans 3.12, the back half going, there is no one who does good. No, not one. This is what he was thinking. This is how what, he, what he thought, you know, or Genesis 6.5, that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. Totally opposite ends of the spectrum. But like I said, God brought us to a, a healthy, a healthy um, middle ground. 
Doug began to learn for the first time in his life that he actually had a father God that he could trust with his own life, with his sin, that he was forgiven. And not only that he had eternal life, but more, just more importantly, that God would never leave him nor forsake him. And that I began to grow in humility and respect and other centeredness because I, you know, I didn't think about calling him all the time when I got somewhere. And so that when we were apart, Doug could be safe and trust and know that I was going to let him say, hey, I'm safe. I got there. I got there safe and sound, babe. I'm all right. So he began to go, grow in that way in his trust. Um, and there was a trip to Jamaica. We won't talk about that. He literally called five hotel rooms to fi- hotels to find me because I forgot to call him then too. But he's, he still loves me. We've been married 32 years. Hallelujah. Everything's great. So anyways, um, today I want to take a few minutes uh, to look at three perspective, perspectives in regard to trust today. So uh, shall we pray? And what I'd also like to do is... Um, can we pray for our 50-plus uh, men who are at man camp? I think they might be on their way home, but I'm not sure. Isn't that exciting that they got to go and hang out this weekend together? And I don't know what the weather was like, but they probably went camping, they probably roasted and shot some guns. I don't know, but I'm sure they had a great time. And that's, a, that's okay, right? That's good. That's a good thing. Um, but I want to pray for their safety also on the way home because it's inclement weather and uh, that God would bless them, all right? So let's pray. Father God, um, I just want to thank you for this day. And even though it was a surprise to me because I didn't check the weather uh, with the snow falling, it's, it's beautiful and it's refreshing. And um, this is the day you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And we just want to lift up our men to you, the ones that got to go this weekend and um, experience fellowship and being in your word and leaning into you and getting closer together. We just want to ask that you would bless them and that you would protect them, that your warring and protective angels would be about their cars as they uh, come home from Moab and that you would bring each and every one of them home safely to us. And God, as I deliver this message, Holy Spirit, I just pray that whatever you want to speak would be what I would speak today. And that what you don't want to be said, I wouldn't say, but I pray that you would just encourage your people today because you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, For those of you men who didn't get to go, can I uh, just encourage you boldly to try and go next year? It is a time of um, just great fellowship uh, with your brothers in Christ. So if you didn't get to go this year, I just want to encourage you to try and make it next year. So let's get into trust. The first perspective that we're going to look at is the most important, and that is trusting God. The very first uh, scripture that I learned as a new believer was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I memorized it in the New King James. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And you know, my grandma would, would just be praying for me until I came to know the Lord. And she, kept, she always used to repeat that to me over and over again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
And so I'm going to read it today, and I'm going to, uh, in the New Living Translation, if you have your Bibles or your paper Bibles or your phones, whatever you have, if you want to join me in reading that. I don't know if it's behind me, or it may not be behind me today. So whatever you have, uh, please go ahead and follow along. I'm actually going to read Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, okay? So it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing from your body and strength for your bones. Woo, isn't that amazing? Isn't that encouraging? I mean, it tells you, trust in the Lord with everything that you have. And that kind of humbles us. It kind of slays us. It says, don't depend on your own understanding and don't be impressed with your own wisdom. That kind of stings a little bit sometimes because there's a lot of very, very smart people in this room. There's a, very, a lot of very capable people in this room. God has given you that capability. God has given you that wisdom. God has put that intellectualism in you. It all comes from him. So if you find yourself being able to answer a lot of questions about life, or if you find yourself saying, you know, I, I know about life, I know a lot of things, I'm smart, I, I got my MBA, which is a great thing, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying we can't rest on that. Our self-worth can't be in what we know. Our self-worth has to be in what God knows. So trusting God and trusting other people is difficult, isn't it, sometimes? It takes complete abandonment. How many people here can completely abandon themselves to the Lord or to others? It's hard. We have to learn to trust him. And God does say, let it all go. Let go and trust me. And sometimes we don't want to let go of everything, do we? We're not sure how it's going to turn out. Psalm 56.3 says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And as I was praying about today, and as I was thinking about trust and reading this scripture, that story in Luke came to mind, and I'm gonna, we're going to talk a little bit about that, because God showed me something new as I read that story today, and it blew my mind, to be honest. Um, I didn't put it up here, but I'm going to just read it to you a little bit. Uh, it is Luke 1. And some of you may know the story, some of you may not, so I'm going to just go ahead and preface it a little bit. Um, Zechariah was a priest, and he was in the sanctuary. Um, he had been praying. His wife was barren. She hadn't had any children, and so he had been praying for years with her uh, for, for a child. But he was ministering uh, to the Lord in the temple one day, and here's what it says. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. And I thought, oh, that's a cool story. Now, hang in there with me, because God brought me down to this. A little while later, six months later, after Elizabeth conceived his wife, um, he showed up where Mary was. Now Mary, as some of you may know, was about the age of 13. And she loved God, and she was betrothed to a man named Joseph. 
So she was hanging out one day, <laughs> and Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Again, she was confused and disturbed, just like Zechariah. He was afraid. He was like, what's going on? So it says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid. He said that to Zechariah also, didn't he? Don't be afraid. Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, I was, I kind of read both the stories, a little bit further into both, and I was thinking, wow, that's kind of strange that they both went through the exact same thing, but the angel Gabriel, when Zechariah questioned him, he says, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. And Mary's response was, how can this be? I am a virgin. So they both questioned the angel, right? But I'm thinking as I'm reading this, I'm going, Lord, why did Gabriel say to Zechariah, well, I'm going to shut your mouth for not believing me. I'm going to zip up your lips. He couldn't talk for the whole pregnancy, you guys. So for nine months, his mouth was shut, and he was not able to communicate. And for just a split second, I'm like, it's kind of unfair, kind of, right? Right? Why not? I mean, what happened? Why, why was his mouth shut and not hers? So I went back and I read it again, you guys, and this is what God showed me. I went back and I said, okay, Zechariah's in the sanctuary. Gabe, the amazing angel, shows up. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed. Okay, so was Mary. And he was overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Light bulb moment, you guys. He had been praying for this for years. He had already petitioned the Lord. He had already asked God. He had already anguished before the Lord saying, we are without a child, Lord. Can you please bless my wife with a child? So he had already been asking God, okay? He had been believing God for this. Mary, on the other hand, wasn't asking God to be pregnant at 13. She, wasn't, she had no idea he was going you know, to do this when Gabriel showed up on the scene. And so, he, and so when he told her this, and she said, how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel told her everything. This is what her response was. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. You see the difference in their response? He had been praying. You guys, when we pray, we have to believe. We have to trust that God hears our prayers. And then it really, it really stood out to me. The angel zipped up his lip because he didn't believe. He didn't trust, even after all that time that he was praying. You see what I'm saying? He had been praying. And then he questions God after he prayed. So instead of hearing that, when he said, God had heard my prayers, instead of going, I am your servant. Thank you, Lord. May everything you said about me come true. He questioned. And so I think that's why Gabriel said, well, you didn't believe God after you prayed and after God answered your prayer. So this is a little bit of a consequence for you. So let me just encourage you. When you pray and when you're asking God, ask God believing that he has heard your prayer. 
so that when he answers it, you don't question him. So that when he answers it, you go, thank you, God. This is awesome. You heard my prayer. You have been trusting him to answer that prayer. And for me, it was just sort of an aha moment. It just, the Lord showed me, he didn't trust me even after all that time when he prayed. And here, Barry, whose circumstance was way beyond anything you could ever imagine, right? How many, you know, she had never been with a man before. So how can this be? And when the angel explained to her what was going to happen, which seems otherworldly, because it is otherworldly, it seems supernatural, because it is supernatural, it seems impossible, because it is impossible, except with God. Instead of questioning him, she said, I am your maidservant. And this is the difference in trust that I want you guys to see. And I want to just encourage you that when you pray for something, believe that God hears your prayers. He doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want. And he doesn't always answer our prayers in the timing that we want. But when he does answer our prayers, rejoice, trust, and just be glad and be thankful. There's a couple other verses um, that I want to just read to you. Uh, Psalm 62.8 says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And Psalm 28.7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. Amen. Those are such encouraging scriptures about trusting the Lord. And I want to tell you, in this really unprecedented time that we've been in, the last six to eight months with the coronavirus, um, with the political climate that is just really vitriolic between a lot of people, the racial tensions that have increased or seemingly just gotten so much worse when we thought, we thought things were getting better, yeah? But all the riots we've had and all the tension... This is the time to trust the Lord, you guys. Amen? This is the time to really walk as followers of Christ. And this is the time to trust the Lord. If there are those of you out here here today who've had a loved one um, that is sick, in fact, um, I have a really dear friend uh, who's really sick right now. And uh, she was tested for COVID twice on Thursday and it came back negative. And then... They were going to do, they were going to test her for 18 different viruses and those came back negative. And so she called me yesterday and we chatted and, you know, um, I could tell she was a little bit shaken up because there was a little slight fear there going, I don't know what's going on, Kule. I don't know what I have. And, and it, it's a little scary right now. And I was honored that we could talk and, and that I could just encourage her that she can trust the Lord no matter what. And I'm believing for her healing. I am believing that God is going to restore her. And whatever he's doing in the midst of this, in the waiting for her to be healed, we can trust him. Amen? We can trust God completely. And um, it's been an honor for me to just pray with her, her family and her daughters and just to say, hey, we're trusting God with you. We are trusting him in this situation. And... Um, I'm believing for her healing, you guys. So when we have no strength, when we are unsure, when we are afraid, that is the time to lean in and tell God that we trust him because we can. So the second perspective that we're gonna talk about 
comes from a little um, different angle. Trusting others, and I, I saw virtually no hands when I asked that question. But of course, I didn't say you had to ra raise your hands either. But again, as I said earlier, it can be difficult. It's a tricky one, trusting people. And then it, it, it com it's compounded by the fact that the word says to trust no man, right? The word constantly tells us that we can't trust man. So Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. Psalm 118, 8 says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. And so we're thinking, how do I reconcile that? How do I trust my friends? How do I trust my coworker? How do I trust my pastor? How do I trust this person when the, when the Bible's talking about not trusting man. It can be confusing, but we're, gonna, we're going to um, settle that right now and show you what the heart behind that is. So Jeremiah 17, 5 uh, through 6, if you want to turn to it, feel free. It says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. That's it right there. It's not about the man. It's not about the person, your friend, your, your, your dad, your mom, your coworker. It's about the person when man makes flesh his strength, when he turns his heart away from God. That's what the scripture is talking about. Do you understand? That is saying we in ourselves want to trust ourselves. How many, how many people in here, it's so easy to trust ourselves, right? It's so much easier to just to lean on our own understanding and think that we have it all handled, and especially when things are going great, especially when we're in prosperity, especially when there's no sickness. It's easy for us to go, okay, God, I've got this. I'm good, you know? But this is what it's talking about. This is why the scriptures say, do not trust in man, but in God. It's not saying that you can't trust your best friend. It's not saying that you can't trust your sister or your, or, or your coworker. It's saying that when mankind, when we as human beings trust in our own flesh and our own thinking, and when our hearts turn away from the Lord, this is what it says. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Who wants to be there? Who wants to have that, Right? We want to trust in God, not in our flesh. It goes on to say this, which is so encouraging. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. I love it. Twice it says the words trust in one sentence. He is like a tree planted by the water. When I read this, you guys, put yourself in this right now as I read, okay? He or she is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. That's beautiful, amen? God is telling you that no matter what, if you're in a season of drought, if in this time of COVID you've lost your job, if in this time of COVID you, you are have been sick, I hope you're not here if you're sick, um, or if you have a loved one that's sick, or might I say, if you, if you know of someone who has passed, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm so sorry if you know someone or are close to someone who, you know, who has passed. But anything, whether we put our hope in our, our, our relationship, our spouse, our girlfriend, our boyfriend, our job, whatever has given us that safety in our lives, if it's not God, we can't put our hope in it. We can't put our trust in it ultimately. 
And what God is saying is no matter what season of life you're in, if you've lost everything and you have nothing, you have me. And I will guarantee that in this season of drought, your leaves will be green. You will not cease from bearing fruit. How amazing is that? How beautiful is that to know that when we have nothing left, when it's dry and parched, and we feel like there's nothing else, that God is gonna continue to provide. God is gonna continue to make sure that we produce fruit because he's the ultimate provider. He is the one that's producing the fruit, amen? Psalm 27, 20 verse seven says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. You know, a lot of you have heard the story and I'm gonna just tell it again real quick. Um, when Doug and I heard the call from the Lord to come out here to Salt Lake City from California 21 years ago, um, we, our hearts jumped within us. We knew that he was calling us. We knew that he was uh, saying, hey, be a part of this church plant team. And it was an honor and a privilege to be with uh, Eric and Jody and two other families uh, to come and plant the adventure. But it's interesting because during that short time that we were preparing to come, um, God only not, not only lost his job, but the place that we were supposed to live in fell through. And so most of our friends and family who knew the Lord were like, it's okay. They're, they were walking in faith with us, walking in trust with us. They're like, you know what? Because we said, we, God's got this. We know he's called us. It doesn't matter what our circumstances are. We're going to go because he said to go, and we're going to trust him because he is faithful, right? But we had a few family and, and, and friends in our lives who didn't know the Lord, and they basically just looked at us and, and thought, what are you doing? You're crazy. You can't go out there without a job. You can't go out there with no place to live. That's just not wise. <laughs> but here's, here's, uh, here's the beauty of that. Here's the truth of the matter. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. And we don't trust in ourselves. We don't trust in our own thinking and we acknowledge him in that. We prayed about it. We took it to him. We said, okay, are we, are we crazy, Lord? And he said, trust me. Trust me. I am going to make a way. I am going to provide for you. And so we didn't trust in the chariots and the horses. We had two cars and three kids under six. That's what we had. <laughs> and we came out. And for any of you who've been here any length of time, I'm sure you can agree with me and attest to the fact that God has done some amazing things here at the Adventure Church and through the Adventure Church because he's faithful. And, you know, we came and the first two weeks we lived with our, our, our beloved friends, the Kawamuras. And then when Eric and Jody moved out, um, they had this big basement. And so we lived with them for about four, four months, four and a half months. And God did amazing things in our relationship and really built our relationship. So he had a plan that we didn't even know about, but um, it was more beautiful and had such great fruit that came from living together during that time. I just want to read this to you real quick. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. You guys, I memorized that for, for years and years. And one day I went back to read it and I, and I read it. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And it's, again, that light bulb thing, I'm like, the called. 
We are the called. We aren't just called. We are the called. And you guys, that's exciting because if you think about it, God chose each and every one of us in this room. He predestined us for a purpose, for plan, for destiny, for a future and a hope. You are the called. And I know it doesn't seem like much of a difference, but when I read it, I'm like, man, we are the called. It's not an elitist thing. It's a humbling thing. It's a, a thing of, of gratitude to think, God the Father, we are his called. We are his chosen. And so I just want to encourage you, you can trust that. You can trust that when you answer that call, when you answer to his love, when you respond to him saying, I'm here, I've called you, let's go. I've forgiven you, I've washed you, I've got a future for you. You are the called people. Let's, let's walk in confidence. Let's walk in gratitude in what he has for us, amen? All right, well, the third perspective is more of a personal challenge. We're gonna spend just a couple minutes on it. Are we trustworthy? Mm. Are you trustworthy? Am I trustworthy? And I can honestly say with, with humility and, and, you know, and, and only because of the, the blood of Jesus, I'm not embarrassed by it, but for many years, I wasn't trustworthy in a lot of ways. I mean, when, before I knew the Lord, I wasn't trustworthy. But I mean, even just in my relationship with him, him uh, teaching me, that you keep people's confidences, that you keep people's, the things that they tell you. And I think I had to grow in that. God has completely, you know, brought me to the other side of that. And I'm so thankful. But as Jesus followers, as Christians, we are called to be trustworthy people. And how do we do that? It's sort of this intertwining, isn't it? In order to be trustworthy, we have to trust God. In order to trust others, we have to trust God. There's no other way to do it but trusting God first with our whole heart. And then we can learn to put our trust in other people. And then we can become people who are trustworthy. Proverbs 11.13 says, Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Don't you want to be covered when you share your deepest thoughts and even your darkest secrets with a best friend, don't you want them to be covered? Don't you want to be able to trust that they're covered between you, them, and God, or your fiance, or you know, someone that uh, God has put in your life? We want to be also people who, who keep confidences. Now, I'm not talking, I'm talking about confidences where people are just pouring out their heart to you. Those are the kind of things I'm talking about. I love what Proverbs 31, one, uh, 10 through 12 says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. I wanna be that wife. But I submit to you that this doesn't just mean women because the Bible is for everyone, amen? So, so husbands, fiancés, boyfriends, male friends, I encourage you that you want people to be able to safely trust their heart with you. In a relationship, husbands, in a relationships, fiancés, whatever, you want your wife, your fiancé, your girlfriend to be able to safely trust her heart with you and you want to be able to enrich their lives. Amen? And we want to walk in trustworthiness in that way. 
And again, I'm saying the only way to do that, the only way to have that lovely circle of trusting God, trusting others, and being trustworthy is to put first things first, to trust the Lord with all your heart. I wanna end with this scripture, and I want you to realize this is, this is the Lord. This is love, and this is God's love. This is a beautiful, beautiful description. 1 Corinthians 13 is like the love chapter, right? Do y'all know that? Every wedding has it at their, at their ceremony, almost every wedding. Um, and when you read, you know, when you read about love being kind and, and being able to be trustworthy, how it does not envy, all that stuff, you think about the two people, but really what that is a description of, you guys, is the love of God. Because nobody can love like 1 Corinthians 13 unless they're walking with the Lord, unless they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We can't love like that unless we have the Lord. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 through 8. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. That's God's love for you. And as we try to find our way in that intricate ball of trusting God, trusting others, and being trustworthy, the thing that we have to remember that only God is trustworthy when it all comes down to it. He is the trustworthy one that we can put our hope in, that we can put all our hopes and dreams and our fears. We can give our fears to him. We can give our worries to him. We can give our doubts to him. We can give our needs to him. He is not only our savior. He is not only our baptizer. He is our healer. He is our soon coming king. He is everything that we need in this life if you put your trust in him. I told you I didn't know if I'd have time, but I have a couple minutes. So on Friday, I, I, uh, I got to do this sweet little wedding up in the mountains. And I only agreed to it because I had something Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. And this sweet, sweet friend of mine said, can you do this for us? It's up Little Cottonwood Canyon and we only need it just for a few minutes. You don't need to do a three-point sermon. We just want you to marry us. But this is where we want to do it. And since it was a short, short, short ceremony, I agreed to it. And I, I, was, I was on my way there and I left myself just a minute to spare, which is what I'm working on. But um, I go up one way, uh, 123rd, 114, and, you know, we're stopped. There's a train that goes, you know, how the, the red lights come, and you're just waiting, and usually the train goes by, and then everybody goes after the red lights come up, and five minutes goes by, and this thing wasn't budging, and then people start taking U-turns, and I'm thinking, okay, I better do this, and I'm already just right there on time, so I make a U-turn, go back down to State Street, go down, Go to 114. Same thing. I'm at, I'm at in this big line of cars. It's not moving, not moving. Red lights are still flashing. People start taking U-turns, so I'm taking a U-turn. So at that point, I'm thinking, I am late. This is the first wedding I've done that I've 
ever been late to, and I'm already feeling totally guilty and embarrassed, and I'm so bad for them. And so um, I call the mom, and I said, look, this is what's happening. There's, there's a train stuck or something, or something's stuck, and I don't know what's happening, but I'm so sorry. I, I apologize. And she goes, okay, that's fine. Thank you for calling. You know, no worries. Just drive carefully. So I finally, 106, same way. So I, after three times, and I'm just sweating at this point. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. And so I finally get down. I think it was around 90th that I finally was able to get up, and the light, it was cleared at 7th East. So I was like, oh, do it. So I found my way up there, got up to Little Cottonwood Canyon, and it was a beautiful scene. There were only like 12 people. There was the couple, his parents, her parents, her cousin, a brother and a fiance, another brother and a wife, something like that. But it was lovely, okay? And so we, we did the ceremony and it was, it was really a blessing. And I said, hey, got young adults in an hour, gotta go, gotta hop in the car and get home. And uh, about 10 minutes down the road, I get this phone call. And uh, um, I can't go into the details, but it was a really difficult phone call. And uh, it, just, it just knocked me off my feet, to be honest. And I talked to this person all the way home, another 15 minutes home. And I kept telling this person, I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, wow, I, oh, wow. I, you know, I just didn't know what to say. And it was, it, the, the, the situation is pretty impossible or just very uh, demanding. I don't know what else to say, but it punched me in the gut. Let's just, the honest truth is it punched me in the gut. And by the time I got home, my stomach was in knots and I felt sick. And so the only thing I could do was I canceled young adults. Um, I felt bad about it, but I felt like that was the only thing I could really do at that point because I really couldn't breathe. But on the way home, I was telling this guy on the phone, I'm like, you know what? We're learning about trust at church, so this is putting me there, I'm telling you, okay? This is really, I was trying to make light of it, you know, and he was just like, what are you talking about? But he says, okay, that's cool. But after I got off the phone with him, I was trying to breathe, and I just said, man, Lord, we're talking about trust, and isn't it just like you to allow me to walk through it in a way, you know, in a way that's... Uh, I got to walk it. I can't just talk about it. I got to walk in it. If I'm going to talk about it, I better walk in it. And I think I, I think I do trust the Lord, but he just, he allowed me. I haven't even told my husband yet because he he's at man camp. So I haven't even had to tell him about this conversation. But the point I'm trying to make is that I had to own it. I'm like, okay, God, this situation is really hard and I don't know how you're going to solve it. I don't know how you're going to provide for it, but you are because you said in your word that I can trust you with all my heart and lean on out of my own understanding. It says that in all my ways to submit to you and that you're gonna make my path straight. And so I just wanna encourage you with that today as I'm in the waiting and as I get to tell Doug when he gets home and as we're waiting for God to um, deal with this particular situation, I'm telling you that I'm trusting him. I have no other choice and I have no place else to go but to my heavenly father and to trust him with everything that I have. And I hope that it can encourage you that if you're in a situation where you're needing to trust him, let me tell you, you can. We'll walk together in trust. We'll pray for each other, okay? And if there's anybody here today who doesn't know what that means, who doesn't know what it's like to trust God, who doesn't know what it means that God loves them unconditionally, 
and without measure. I'm here today to tell you that He does. And that He's appointed today as a day of salvation for you. He's choosing you today. Don't refuse the invitation. He's calling you. He loves you. He wants to tell you that his son has died on a cross for you. Jesus in the flesh, God himself, died on a cross. He shed his blood for your sins, past, present, and future. And with that forgiveness, he's given you eternal life to be with him for eternity. I can't even fathom what that looks like, right? You think of forever. Y'all, for those of us who are here who have put our trust in Jesus Christ, we're going to be together for eternity. What is that even like? But if you, don't, if you don't know what that is, and if you want it, God's calling you today. God's calling you today. Please come see me or pray with the person that you've come with today. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus Christ. I just want to tell you guys, I'm just honored and, and so blessed to be able to talk to you a little bit today. And I, I hope that you can take something away from this talk about trust today. And I want to just finish up and pray for y'all, okay? Well, Father God, you are so gracious. You are so good. You are so kind. You are the consummate lover, God. You love us so much. It's, it's mind-blowing. We can't even measure it, the depth, the height, the width of your love. And God, today, I just want to ask for each person in this room that they would take something away, Holy Spirit, that you would have encouraged them or spoken to them, admonished them, whatever, Lord, that they would walk away wanting to trust you more because you are trustworthy, wanting to be able to trust others in their lives because you are trustworthy and wanting to be trustworthy themselves because again, you first are trustworthy, God. I pray for travel mercies as we all go home in this inclement weather. And I pray, Lord, that uh, God willing, we will be back here next week together, worshiping together, leaning into your word together and walking together in your love, in your grace, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. Love you all. Thank you.